0: Well, I, I, you know, professionally, I'm Anthony Dias Blue, but most people call me Andy.
1: Andy, okay. Well, for the purposes of this show, we're gonna we're gonna keep it as Anthony as well, so you you can keep your reputation intact there. <laughs> hey, everyone, we're back again with a great new episode this week. But as usual, we have some news to go through first. There's a big congratulations in order to Blake Ryber of Burburner, who the twins have finally arrived. So we're gonna see Blake here probably in a few months, but he deserves a much needed rest while he goes and takes care of the new twins. So congratulations, buddy. We're looking forward to talking to you again soon. Another thing is that we've been talking about it now for uh, two episodes, but we're gonna talk about it again to keep it in front of your face, but just to know that the bands that are gonna be at Bourbon and Beyond are going to be announced on Monday, April 16th. So make sure you go to bourbonandbeyond.com and you go and you see what bands are going to be there. You might even see our logo on there too. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Patreon shipments have actually gone out this week. Hooray! We finally got caught up. We've also done our giveaways, uh, which you might have seen that we did for the months of... Uh, February and March and they consisted of tumblers, glassware, actually a bottle of Johnny Drum and everyone's favorite blind samples. So make sure that if you want to support this show, you want to be a part of these monthly giveaways, go to patreon.com, help support this show. We've got new stuff. We've got bottle totes, patches, t-shirts. And just to give you a quick background, this podcast actually almost ended at the end of 2017 because I didn't really know what it was gonna come of it. Um, you know, if it really wasn't for a lot of the people that were giving a lot of the great comments that were coming through Patreon, as well as uh, everybody's donations that were coming through there, that's really what helped the motivation keep going. Uh, You know, Patreon is a great way to help support the show while it's going, because as you can tell, we don't have any sponsors right now, right? So right now, while we're still searching for sponsors, this is something that helps keep the podcast going. So I wanna say thank you everyone that has stuck with us and you're gonna have opportunity to get all this new stuff uh, really, really, really soon as well. Today's show, we get an inside look at the San Francisco Spirits Competition which is actually taking place this weekend. So when the best bourbon is announced on Sunday, you're going to know everything that went into the judging, and we dispel a lot of the myths that I even thought were a part of the San Francisco Spirits competition as well. So Anthony Dias Blue does a good job of dispelling some of those and really giving a lot of transparency to this. Also, just to kind of give you an idea, you know, a little bit of forewarning. Sorry about there's going to be some audio cracking that comes partway through and again towards the end uh, from Anthony's side. You know, sometimes we're just at the mercy of the bandwidth gods, and that's just the nature of what it is over Hangout. So hopefully just stick out with us. Uh, We kind of make it good in the middle and then get to get a little iffy towards the end as well. But make sure you are subscribing on our social media channels, following us there where we're posting what we're drinking. You can see all kinds of news or anything that we're talking about on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you do like what you hear, make sure you are subscribing to us on iTunes, YouTube, as well as Facebook because that's where all the new episodes are going. And if you want every single episode beamed straight to your inbox, you're going to get an email first thing Thursday morning, 7 a.m., which is usually our, our, our releasing time, you go to bourbonpursuit.com, scroll down just a little bit and you subscribe to the email button. Another thing is that I actually fixed the all podcast button on the website now. So if you go to bourbonpursuit.com, scroll down to all podcasts, it's not going to be in pagination format and it's not going to try to load 140 episodes as soon as you click on it. So that's been fixed as well. Thanks again and enjoy this week's episode. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. You can order online at Sealbox or the thebourbonconcierge.com, and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits, and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. Do you ever pour yourself a bourbon, swirl it around, and then start struggling to come up with tasting notes? And perhaps you're also looking for a good Father's Day gift idea. Well, you can now solve both with a kit from Nose Your Bourbon. And unlike other nosing kits on the market, Nose Your Bourbon kits feature real ingredients for the most authentic aromas. You can smell real Tahitian vanilla bean instead of some synthetic aroma that's just made from chemicals. So head on over to noseyourbourbon.com and enter code BP10 for 10% off your order. Welcome back to the episode of the Bird Pursuit Podcast, the official podcast of bourbon. Kidding here today with a topic that has been top of mind that was actually a suggestion by one of our fans of the show and they said you know when I go and shop at the the stores at either Total Wine or my local liquor store and you start walking down the aisles and you see these these hang tags and they'll say you know best in show or um, bourbon of the year uh, receive two gold stars and and you kind of look at it and you you try to think well You know, like how big of a marketing play is coming into this? What does it really mean? And we've got somebody on the show that's going to help dispel a lot of those things because you know we've we've all been there before. You know we we've seen that at one point you know Eagle Rare became was a it's a double gold in San Francisco and um but they keep touting it years and years and years later right like and we're going to try to figure out like what does that really mean? Uh, How long can they actually use it? Is it is it a designation that at one point you get it and then it's a it's like a badge of honor, and you never have to take it off. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to get down to a lot of these, the nitty-gritty of these questions, because I think it's a lot of those things that people are generally curious about. They want to know more about the judging, uh, what goes into it. Uh, there was a past episode before where we had Fred Minnick on the show, and we touched on it for about five to ten minutes when we talked about barrel bourbon uh, making, becoming Bourbon of the Year at San Francisco. And we kind of talked about, you know, going through the blind and, and really how they were surprised about it. But this show is going to be completely dedicated to really figuring out all the nuances that are going into the competition, the judging, and really what do those, those key group awards really mean. So today on the show, we have the Executive Director of the San Francisco World Spirits Competition, Anthony Dias-Blue. Anthony, welcome to the show.
0: Well, thanks, Kenny. I'm happy to be here. Uh, we, uh, we like to talk about our competition because it's uh, it's the biggest.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We like to think it's the best. Uh, we have uh, right now, you know, right in the midst of, of, of entries coming in, and uh, the, the, the competition this year is April 12th to 15th. So we're a couple of weeks out. We already have well over two thousand entries, and uh, we expect to better next. Uh, last year's we had twenty four hundred. We should have more than that this year.
1: Sounds like you'll have a little bit of palate fatigue going on.
0: <laughs> well, you know, we have a, a remarkable. I think the thing that, that makes our competition uh, kind of stand out is that uh, our our judges are the top guys in the industry. Uh, Dale DeGroff, Dave Wondrick, uh, Tony Abuganum, Uh you know these are these are the guys who are uh, the, the influencers and the most important people in the industry. Mm-hmm. So we have, uh, I think, 32 or close to 40 of these guys, and they and they run the gamut from being big spirits buyers at at hotels and and things like that, or uh, journalists, or we also have buyers from uh, large uh, markets like Safeway and Costco and so on. So it's a a varied group and they keep each other in check. So Mm -hmm. if you want to get down to how we do this judging (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, before we get there, let's let's kind of ease into it a little bit, right? So, right. I got a, I got a few more questions to kind of preface that with. You know, first off, um, you know, talk a little bit about the competition and itself, like the how many different categories are there? Oh, are right. all the tastings done blind? Like, kind of kind of give an idea of what what this what this all looks like.
0: Uh, I think there are over seventy categories, and uh, they grow every year. I mean, all of a sudden we have something called. Barrel-aged gin, you know, and so we have to add a category for that. Um, it's it's remarkable, uh, and and it's also lots of fun. But it's 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 hard work for these guys and girls. We have a lot of a lot of female judges, uh, which is a great thing. And uh, the idea is the products are presented blind. Now, what that means is that not only do they not know what they're tasting uh, in terms of brand or uh, the other nuances that might be involved, uh, but the spirits are brought out on on. Carts, kind of like a a, a dim sum restaurant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll take one of those, little one of yeah, these. Right.
0: No, but they come out and they're in uh, they're in glassware already. Uh, nobody sees a label. Nobody sees a bottle. Nobody comes out with the bottle wrapped in. Which mean, I've been to competitions before where they come out with the bottle wrapped in foil or in a paper bag, and you can kind of get an idea of the shape of the bottle and the rest of that. We we don't do that. This is, uh, for every panel, and there are something like 16 or 18 panels, depending on how many entries we get, Uh, the panels are either three or four people, and backing them up in the back of the house is uh, is a team of volunteers, maybe as many as five, because there's somebody who's There are two guys or two girls and guys pouring. There are people who are bringing the stuff out. There are uh, the panel coordinator who has a clipboard and takes the votes of all the judges. So it's uh, it's a pretty complex uh, operation, and it requires a lot of people. I say that every panel, including the judges, is is close to 10 people.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, that's quite a lot. I mean, and, and, you know, we, we already talked a little bit about, actually, I want to talk about the judges a little bit, right? So uh, okay. you, you had mentioned you get them from just different places. You get them from distributors, you get them from maybe stores, maybe they're authors, like, is there a certain criteria that you hold accountable for somebody to be chosen as a judge for the spirits competition?
0: Well, I think that they have to uh, have demonstrated uh, expertise, and uh, there are a lot of people who want to come in and taste spirits, obviously, but uh, <clears throat> these people are professionals who make their livelihood uh, being critical of the spirits that come in front of them. <clears throat>
1: mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out what, what kind of, do, how, how much more do I have to church up my resume so you can select me for next year, right? <laughs>
0: Well, no, no, I'm just it's kidding. probably better if you've judged at other competitions if there are uh, there are smaller competitions where people kind of hone their their tasting abilities I mean I I've had I mean most of my experience in, in judging goes back uh, probably 37 years at this point uh, because I was on the original, uh, wine tasting competition that was started in San Francisco by the by the state of California and uh, over the years we have and with the spirits competition which started in 2000 you know the, you, you get some bad apples now and then you get people that that if you pardon the expression get smashed mm-hmm. we can't have that we have to you know, we can't have those people. And we get people that, uh, you know, had, are so unsure of their – I mean, we haven't had anybody like this lately, but I saw this in the beginning when we started these competitions. People that are so unsure of their of their taste buds that they give everything a bronze. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> we try to avoid that. I think that we've gotten to the point where we have – uh absolutely fantastic panel of judges um most of whom all of whom are very experienced and and we're not losing that many judges and we're we're picking up a couple every year because we you know we, we've we grown in size but uh those are carefully selected and, and tony abugammon again again who is the chief judge and is you know very involved in the industry uh is a is a key player in selecting the new judges
1: Mm -hmm. all right so quick question i kind of want to uh move to a little bit about bourbon and then we'll talk about some of the bottles that are submitted and stuff like that Uh, are you yourself uh you know a bourbon guy or are you kind of just uh you know you, you kind of oversee the direction of everything
0: i've become a bourbon guy you know since this uh has been going on i was always a scotch guy uh, but I found <clears throat> that I was really liking some of these high-end bourbons. I mean, when when I was the when I was the social chairman of my fraternity in college, uh, we we drank a lot of bourbon, but it was really not not the best. <laughs>
1: it was. You're saying they weren't submitting it to worst, to spirit competitions. The worst. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it was based on price only. Yeah. So, you know, you get a case of, uh, well, I'm not going to mention a brand, but yeah. you get a case of this stuff, and they, they there's a 13th bottle for the social chairman. <laughs>
1: That's how it <laughs> always works.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I definitely got experience with bourbon uh, at that time, but I never really, well, it's only been in the last 20 years or so that we've had these really high-end, uh, long-aged, Barrel aged, all the rest of that, and uh, it's exciting because it's it, it, the, the the potential is just enormous, and we're seeing just spectacular products.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I know that you know a lot of these, at least the the ways the bourbon rules that are happening. Everybody's trying to experiment with a lot of different stuff, and it sounds like every year that. I don't know if like it's probably getting harder to like lump a lot of these in the same categories and you're just having to expand right like single barrel versus small batch versus refinished or rebarreled whiskies versus whiskeys
0: versus
1: all that yeah. other kind of stuff
0: we're getting bourbons that are aged in in sherry vats and sherry butts and we're getting bourbon that's aged in in uh cabernet sauvignon uh barrels from napa and that kind of thing mm-hmm. so it's it's, it's, it's exciting. I mean, especially with the, the craft, the craft movement, uh, exploding.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bet that, I mean, I'd just say, it, it just seems like it's getting bigger and bigger. So that's probably something that is tougher just in, you know, in your, in your spot to try to sit there and figure out, well, how do we make this appeal to everybody? And, you know, if, if, if it's the best bourbon well, it's actually the best bourbon finished in a Sherry category, right category or finished, <laughs> best finished bourbon. Right. Yeah. So. Exactly. It's going right. to be tough.
0: It is, I mean, and and I think bourbon is one of the most uh, exciting uh, categories. There's there are others that are less. I mean, for example, I think rum is pretty moribund right now. There's not that much happening in rum. Uh, gin is exploding. I mean, we, we the first year that we did this competition, we had eight gins, and last year we had
1: three hundred and fifty. Wow! Yeah, that is. <laughs>
0: Well, gin is—I mean, gin is being driven by uh, the mixology bartending group. Mm-hmm. Gin is a is a great cocktail
1: spirit; yeah, it's very versatile. And so, I guess another question you see is when you see like the awards that come out and people that win their golds. Do you see um, bourbon is because I mean, for us as bourbon consumers, we see that in front of our faces all the time when we are out shopping. Um, do you do you see bourbon as like one of those? Premier categories that that utilizes this as a as a marketing engine, or oh, do you do sure. you see a lot of gin and vodka people doing it too?
0: Uh,
1: uh, like who do you think who do you think uses it to their advantage The I, most? I
0: think it is definitely because it's a it's the the space is very crowded, and in order to stand out, uh, it's important to have some element of of superiority and and a a gold medal is that
1: Mm -hmm. so now i want to talk a little bit about you know some of the bottles that are are given to you i mean a lot of them are they just like shelf bottles that you can pretty much get from a standard distributor or do people are they choosing specific bottles and or barrels to actually submit um that you know you hate to see it right to say like this is our honey barrel this is what we're going to do it's Going to be this specific batch, this specific barrel, um, you know, and hopefully my brand can can be on top this year. Like, what do you what do you kind of see as that that playing field? Is it level, or do people get the choice to submit whatever they want?
0: Well, it's level, but you know, of course, if if a if a product has a, has been given a special treatment, we want to know about that, and uh, it would go into a, if a different category. mm Hmm. So uh, I don't think that, I mean, you know, in, in wine, it's much more likely that there's some hanky-panky going on where they're submitting special products and not really labeling them and telling us what why they're special so that you get something like uh, a two-buck Chuck that wins, <laughs> the,
1: uh, yeah. wins
0: the gold medal, and that's because, you uh, I'm not going to say that that uh, Fred Francier would ever do anything that wasn't completely <laughs> honest, but you know what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so the other kind of thing is you look at, um, you know, do you, do you see this as a space where it's a lot of the, as you mentioned earlier, a lot of the craft, the explosion of these smaller people that are trying to put themselves on the map, and you don't see things like Jack Daniels or anything like that that's, you know, number one bourbon in the world, number one whiskey in the world, or um, Evan Williams, um, or, you know, some of these are Jim Beam White Label, like a lot of these that are the the top selling bourbons in the world, like, they're probably not submitting, if I had to guess, right? Well,
0: I think Jim Beam does, but uh, no, um, and I've I've had the the distillers from Jack Daniels here in my office, and they, you know, what, you know, let's face it, they're the biggest selling Whiskey in the world. Why would they submit and allow themselves to, for somebody to say, oh, yeah, that's a silver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because uh,
1: they know, they probably know that's how it would be. But, you know, like, yeah, you're not going to sit there and uh, take something so that's working so much, and take you know, it away. It's
0: a lot better product than, uh, it's a very good product. I mean, let's face it. But, but anyway, uh, it, it, it's no, it doesn't help them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, if they if they if they got no medal, it would nobody would know that they'd enter entered. But why would they enter? I mean, there's really no. I mean, uh, I'd love to have them enter, and and we get in the Scotch category. We get Johnny Walker, all those all the iterations of Johnny Walker, so on. But you know, it's uh, and we get the Glenn Levitt and uh, and so on. But you know, we have a third competition. We've got the we've got the spirits competition now. We've got the wine competition coming up in at the end of June, but we also have a competition in New York. And uh, I like to uh, to kind of w- we've had this competition for a number of years, but I had a partner and, and I just uh, bought him out. So now we are uh, we have a competition in New York. And I would love to see that be the competition where the little guys can go and compete uh, among themselves without having jo- Johnny Walker hanging over their head or, you know, Eagle Rare hanging over their head. It's, uh, it's, it's a nice competition that runs at the end of August. We've had about, a, you know, 800 to 1,000 entries. And uh, so it's much smaller than the others and uh, i want to build it as uh, as the place where the little guys can go and not have to fear that they're going to be run over by a truck
1: right <laughs> <laughs> and plus you're you're expanding your footprint right you're on you're on both sides of the country at that point right exactly, so that's awesome exactly so i want to talk a little bit about the the categories of the medals right you you've mentioned bronze silver and gold like talk about how those medals are awarded um you know what does that mean when you see a gold or a double gold like is there a triple gold like explain explain what these categories are and how you get to them
0: okay uh i go back to the the actual uh functionality of the of the competition what happens is the they get about, they get 12, 14, maybe at a time. We try not to get any much bigger than that as a flight. And they may be doing four or, four or five flights, but uh, 12 glasses come out for each for each judge. So there's, the card has a line of 12, 12, and 12 for the three judges, or an extra line for the fourth judge. And uh the spirits are put out in front of them. They're they're labeled A, B, a, B C, whatever, all the way through, uh, usually N, something like that. And then the judges take 15 minutes, no, maybe more like a half an hour to 45 minutes to taste them. They write their own notes. And when they're finished, the panel coordinator comes out with, their, with a clipboard and pulls them. So the first judge might say, for wine, for uh, spirit A, bourbon A, silver. The next guy says, gold. The third guy says, gold. Okay, at that point, with two golds and a silver, it gets a gold medal, a regular gold medal. But then the other two guys, and they're allowed to do this, will say to the first guy, well, well, what do you think? Could you actually come up to a gold on this one? And the first guy will either say no or yes. If he says yes, it'll get, <laughs> it gets a double gold because all three judges have voted gold. Uh, that's, that's how it works. And it's not that easy to get a double gold. It's really tough.
1: So that's good we know about double gold is there any other um any other ways that you know something fits in besides those i guess four four different levels of 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 what they are right so bronze silver gold double gold
0: yes uh the 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 judge the judging takes place over two days actually three i mean a little bit on thursday all day friday all day saturday sunday morning we have the sweepstakes. We have every judge in the room. And the top the top bourbons in each category are brought forth, and uh, they are judged against each other so that we have, we end up with the best bourbon over all categories. So what you have is you'll have the double gold winners from every every single bourbon category vying for this position and and being judged against each other and it's it's exciting it's really fun i mean fred minick you know he's he talks about this all the time and he writes about it uh he's one of our top judges and uh and i'm sure you've you've had him on your show a number of times uh he uh, oh everybody sits around at tables and they vote it's a it's by uh, by they have the they have the spirits in front of them I mean sometimes they have sixty spirits in front of them and we take them category by category vodkas gins uh aquavit you know right up the line until we get to bourbon and there'll be maybe six or eight bourbons for them to taste. So everybody tastes all of them and they vote for the best bourbon. So it's uh, it's, it's very democratic. You have a lot of brilliant tasters judging these spirits and many times uh, the vote is, is pretty unanimous or certainly lopsided in, in certain directions.
1: <laughs> so, uh, another kind of question, you know, going back to the, the gold and the silver thing, you know, if, if, um, if, so say you had two judges did gold, one did silver, and you could try to convince them to bring it up. Um, but what if it's like, say, one gold, two silvers? Is it still considered a gold?
0: That's, once again, that would be a, a negotiation. Uh, it would be a silver unless one of the other judges would move.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. And you then know. I'm assuming it's the not same thing
0: is not that easy to get a gold medal.
1: Yeah. Well, it's good to know. I mean, it's I think that's one of the things that we really wanted to find here, uh, a level of transparency, right, is to to make sure that, you know, what what's the true meaning behind this? Right. That not right. everybody that just submits is like, OK, well, just, you know, I'll we'll give them a bronze or we'll just give them a silver like
0: no, we so we welcome noticed, to party. Right. Yeah. We notice there's a higher percentage of medal winners in spirits than there is in wine. but. You know, wine is an agricultural product. I mean, there's there's really no, they really have no control over things like vintages and and soil types and all that kind of stuff that they have to deal with. So uh, there's more, it's more, uh, the, the spirits business is more streamlined, uh, especially since if you're going to bring a spirits to market, uh, it's a very expensive proposition, and it better be damn good. Mm-hmm.
1: And so I guess a, another question to kind of go into this, I mean, it's it's great to know all the, the idea of you know what sits behind here. Um, now, the other thing to kind of talk about is like when we go and we're walking around the bourbon aisles, uh, you know, and you see that sticker on the bottle, it says it was rated gold or double gold, but it doesn't have a date on the sticker. Yes, um,
0: it, does. So, it does have a date. Okay. Uh, and if you look at the uh, look at our magazine which is the tasting panel uh, the the spirits people who have won medals will put their medal in the ad but it has it says on it
1: it has to have the date
0: 2017 2016 I mean there are guys who won in 2011 that are still advertising it we have no control over that mm-hmm. but you know, the, the date is definitely on it.
1: Now, is it part of that stipulation that they have to always say the date, um, when they are putting in sort of, uh, advertising or marketing campaign or material just to make sure that, yeah. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point-of-sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in-line and online. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. shopify.com slash bourbon. Now, is it part of that stipulation that they have to always say the date um, when they are putting in sort of uh, advertising or marketing campaign or material just well, to make if, sure that yeah
0: if they're going to use the artwork which is the metal itself it has the date on it and they can't you know they can't mess with it it has to have it
1: mm-hmm. okay that's good to know so it doesn't necessarily mean that you know i guess if if eagle rare was uh, double gold back in 2011 i mean assuming that that 2011 double gold is maybe for that year i mean can somebody that is creating a, a an eagle rare that's being released in 2018 and still say it's a, a double gold medal winner like is it a forever kind of designation that spirit it depends,
0: gets? It depends on their level of honesty mm-hmm. i think i think that uh if they got a different product that it needs to have a uh, it needs to be adjudicated once again uh, you know, it might be. You know, they might have had rotten barrels one year or something. So uh, it's important, and I think the consumer has to has to be aware of this and and make sure that the 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 product that they are buying is the maybe the most recent in terms of its its gold medal.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess in, in your opinion, like how would you want to see that happen? Um, would you would you rather see a lot of these producers have to continually maintain that gold medal status and every year they they have to submit and, you know, keep that there to keep using it in their marketing material? Like what, what's if you if was if it was Anthony's perfect world, what would it look like?
0: I think that it would, they would certainly have to enter every two years at least just to bring it closer to the time. I mean, I, 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 if I see a 2016 gold medal, that's okay. But if I see a 2009 gold medal, I'm, I, you know, I'm kind of a little bit, I'm wondering what happened. Did they not get any medals the years after that? <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I think it's important that they enter uh, at least every two years.
1: Yeah. I mean, do you see a lot of the time it a lot is I mean, let's let's be honest with ourselves, like the bourbon market is big, but it's not so big that it's like wine or beer that you could try a different bourbon for the rest of your life, or yeah, you could try a different wine or beer for the rest of your life and still not go through every single thing that's available right. to
0: you in the yeah, world. Because you got vi- every single wine has another vintage coming. Mm-hmm. Uh the thing is with with bourbon, it, it's it's a busy area right now, but if if i don't know i mean what do you think maybe 40 or 50 really high quality bourbons in the market
1: something I, like that how, i mean I i'd, I I'd say I, that's probably a fair assessment right i mean there's a lot of stuff that's entering but you know you're not going to have the high quality that's going to get to mass market here for a few more years right it still has to age in the wood a little bit more it's got to yeah. get you know as as fred johnson always said you know uh Mother Nature and Father Time still has to do its work. That's uh, right. Yeah. And so, I mean, are you, but, you know, when I, I was kind of leading in with that is like, do you do you see a lot of the same, quote unquote, same, maybe different vintages? You know, these bourbon whiskey products are being entered every year and judged independently by different judges?
0: Uh, there's always new stuff and it's there's always new judges. Uh, we try to mix it up as far as what judging panels get You know certain categories of bourbon and so on uh it's like a new competition every year i mean it's like starting from scratch every year Mm -hmm. and uh that's exciting
1: so uh, another question is you know as a consumer themselves you know how much weight should somebody put on their um purchasing or buying decision when you see a, a gold medal on a on a whiskey bottle you know like what should what should that really be telling you uh, and, and well, really how much think, should it really influence your, your decision
0: I think it depends on where that gold medal came from I mean somebody can make up their own competition and just say hey we we got a double gold medal at the at the, at the Secaucus competition I mean uh, I think where it comes from is really is the first thing you look at and mm-hmm. and you know the fact that it's relatively current, and uh, then go for it. I mean, there are there are other spirits competitions that have uh, high standards, and uh, they may be smaller. Some of them are, you know, more specifically for things like tequila and gin and so on. But uh, I think that uh, just buyer beware caveat emptor you know take a look at where the see the where the where the metal came from and when it was and then go with that
1: i'm going to take a hard left turn real quick because i probably forgot to ask this in the very beginning like why why start a spirits competition you know like what's the uh what's the idea of of doing this and not just letting things stand on their own merit when you sit there and walk by the shelves
0: well, I think that we...
1: Or we we have alcoholics who are just so bored, we're like, hey, we're going to rate this stuff. <laughs> we, you
0: know, I don't want to get into the long history of how I started the wine competition, but that's been going on since 1980. And uh, I, I think it's a service. I think it's a useful service to the consumer. If the consumer pays attention, it will tell you, what's what's best what's what you should buy and especially if there's a price differential involved uh, it's very helpful so we I started spirits in in the year two thousand uh, we had two hundred and eighty seven entries and uh, that's when we started to build our our judging panel. I mean, there are guys who've been with me for 17 years, uh, judging spirits, and the people, uh, you know, like uh, Frosty, uh, who is uh, the only, one of the only four, one of f- only four people in the world that's a master sommelier and a master of wine. Uh, we've got Dale De Groff, who's probably the most famous bartender in the world. Uh, we've got uh, Tony Abuganam, uh, you know, and these guys have been with me since the beginning. So that's the core and that's how it, uh, it, it has grown as more spirits are entered and uh, we've had more judges, but I think that we've kept the high standard. But anyway, to get back to your question you know caveat emptor just keep an eye on where the where the medals come from and uh when it was given
1: it's good to know um you know another thing just in regards to transparency just so people people know i mean because i'm curious myself you know i've heard other people say that you know competitions like these it's it's a pay to play um you're submitting your stuff you pay for it and then you know whatever it is like Maybe you're paying for that bronze medal. You're paying for that gold medal. Can you kind of dispel that?
0: Yes, of course. I mean, uh, I, that that isn't the way it works. And uh, although people have to pay an entry fee because we have, you know, we have huge expenses. We've got, you know, at least 100 people involved in, in the competition. So they have to be compensated. Uh, but it's... Pay to play? No way. Uh, there's, there are a number, and I'm not going to say what the number is, but there are a number of spirits that get nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, they paid, but they got nothing. So.
1: Take that for what it is. Yes. Dude, I mean, there's people, it's a funny question, because I was like, if they get nothing, what, what are their odds of re-entering the next
0: year? maybe they'll improve the product i mean you know we don't list the losers as they uh, you know which is not a good term but the ones that don't win we don't list them so it's up to them
1: yeah so at at that point it's kind of like you know you it's like going into a soccer tournament and you're out the first round right you yeah. you want to you want to practice you want to get better and you're going to come back to the next tournament and 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 you know try to put your best foot forward right exactly. i mean okay exactly. So that's good to know, right? Because you, you've heard that all—I mean, I've heard it before. People say that you know you get you, know, you pay an entrance fee, and that's what you're basically paying for your your medals, right? But it's it's good that you kind of have that level of transparency that you know we can we can put that out there. Um, you know, when we talk about submitting stuff, too, uh, a few people are asking, especially in the bourbon whiskey category, are are people able to send single barrels, right? Something that are only going to have at most like 250 bottles that are ever hit the market. And we'll say on average it's probably around 150, right? Um, is that is that still um, you know is that allowed? Is that a particular yes. category? Yes. Yes. And is is that its own category to say that this is just yes, a single barrel category. It is. Kind I give can I give your thoughts on it.
0: Uh, I think that uh, you know what we're looking for is excellence. We're trying to reward excellence uh, at every level. And it's a, if it's a, if it's a 150 bottles, well, you know, that's unfortunate because if it's as good as we think it is, then only 150 people are going to be able to experience it. But still, it deserves to be rewarded.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, sometimes it i don't know i mean for me maybe it seems like a little bit difficult to to award something that is it's so narrow and it's yeah. only going to hit just a small segment of the market right so it, it's, it's probably a little tough to do
0: no question Hmm.
1: and are the awards are they relative every year like are you guaranteed anything um for a particularly bad year or is it as you mentioned like sometimes there's just nothing um you know like it, there's it's just every year there's you're kind of like rolling the dice
0: yeah but it's with spirits it's a lot less uh mercurial than than wine because if you it go through a bad vintage uh you know all of the wines will be affected by it uh from certain areas and so on but um as far as spirits are concerned it's um you Know it, it, it but but it, things change. There are a lot of variables involved. There's you know different judges, there's uh, we move the spirits around from panel to panel. They, uh, there's certain judges don't taste the same things every year, so uh, it's uh, it's as they say, a crapshoot. <laughs>
1: I mean have you have you heard of any companies that you know quote unquote send send honey barrels to a competition right like they, they want to be able to make sure that that one barrel goes through and it gets its gold designation and then they slap it on every other barrel that's that's going to go out there to the market
0: uh, I haven't seen that but you know there's uh, if if you're dealing with uh, unscrupulous uh, producers that could happen, but uh, we try to make sure that it doesn't.
1: Yeah. I mean, because you don't really want to necessarily award bait and switch techniques, right?
0: No. right, no. no, this is a straightforward, honest operation, and we try to keep it that way. And so
1: have you ever uh, been part of the, the bourbon category of judging or anything like that? Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Talk, talk about like that, you know, we had Fred talk and kind of give his thoughts on it. Like talk about when you're going through and you're tasting these, cause this is, you know, one thing we love to talk about on the show is actually tasting blind, uh, and not letting labels or anything like that kind of influence your, um, you know, your decision or what you're thinking. Uh, and then you just, you know, going through it kind of, kind of go, what's, what's your mentality going into something that's, you know, you got 12 whiskeys in front of you, you're doing all blind like what what are those things that you're looking for
0: well oh what, what you're looking for is uh balance and elegance and i mean just a whole bunch of things uh smoothness length the length of the of the of the product in your mouth and so on uh you know, I'm less of an expert than than Fred. I mean, I don't think anybody is as much of an expert as Fred. Uh, he can, I think that he, when he tastes, he can kind of pick out what he's tasting. Uh, I don't do that. Uh, I just go with it and try to find the optimum product. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and particularly in 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 wine, sometimes it's it's, it's a five dollar wine, you know. But uh, picking what's best is, you know, it's tough. But there are a lot of different variables that are involved.
1: Have you ever found that five dollar wine that you were like, "Holy crap, this is good"?
0: Yeah, which we uh, we, we actually gave best in show white uh, one year. To a riesling from Wisconsin, there was eleven dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, it was sold out within three days.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, another question about like when you're sitting there and you've got twelve whiskeys in front of you, like, are you on a timer or on a clock, and say like we gotta get these done in an hour or thirty minutes? Like, what's the usual time frame?
0: Uh, it depends. We have we have judges that are very slow. Uh, and uh, I have to say, come on, hurry it up! But uh, it's uh, no, it's you're not on a time frame. Everybody gets a chance to taste, and and uh, they get to think about think about each product, as I say to them at the beginning. People have have paid their good money; they've taken the time to send these spirits in for us to judge. Give them the time and the amount of respect that's required, every single product, even if it's cream liqueur.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love those cream liqueurs. They're delicious.
0: I do too, and I, I always get them. You know, we yeah. get like 30 or 40 cream liqueurs. I mean, the spit bucket at the end of that looks like you can't believe it. But anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure, they're legitimate products, and you have to judge them as such. Mm
1: -hmm. And and I think, um, you know, I guess I'll kind of take your, um, you know, I I guess throw another question at you, like when you're judging whiskey, you know, for me, when I'm sitting there tasting blind, you know, I I can go through three or four different ones and they're all, they taste, they've got those regular bourbon notes to them. They've got their caramel, toffee, uh, oak, leather, spice, whatever it is, right? And then sometimes you'll find one that's got, you're like, oh, that's got coconut. Or, or like, that's got, you know, this is like very buttery. Like you, it, it can, it's, it just stands out above the rest um, because it's, it, it just doesn't fit that just traditional, like, you know, chocolate, caramel, toffee profile. Right. right. Like when you, when you have something like that, that really stands out, I mean, is that sort of, somebody else has said marzipan, because that's something that Fred always loves to talk about. Yeah. Um, is that, is that one that you say, okay, this, this is going to move on to the next level.
0: Most likely. I think that complexity is a, is a, a very important uh, element of, of judging. And uh, the ones that are kind of simple and down the middle of the alley and uh, balanced and all the rest of that stuff, that's okay. But those tend to be a little bit more the corporate style, uh, the large production you get the ones that have these nuances of, as you say, coconut or, or extra chocolate or whatever, whatever, this is, this is something to be rewarded because uh, complexity is really important.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I'm with you on that. And so is there a bad note, I guess uh, for me, when I, when I taste blind, Basically, if it's corny or grain forward, I'm like, OK, that's that's bad, in my opinion. Like in, in your opinion and some of the other judges, like what's something that would necessarily it would, you know, just be creeping up into like a bronze category? Harshness. Hmm. Uh,
0: you know, we use a special glass to taste. Uh, it's called the neat glass. Have you heard of it? Yep, yeah. sure have. And the wonderful thing about the neat glass is uh, when you put your nose in it. Here, I've got one right here. How about that? <laughs> Hello. Yep. Uh, when you put your nose in this, you don't get that blast of alcohol or ethanol. Uh, it's much smoother because that, the alcohol goes off to the sides and you get the true essence of the product. I, I would suggest to everybody who's watching this that they go out and get themselves a couple of these and if they're tasting at home, Try this glass because it's remarkable. Uh, and uh, we use it throughout. Uh, Tony uh, and I, Tony, Tony is being the chief judge, and I <clears throat> tasted every single kind of product in this glass and in the Riedel uh, stand-up kind of tulipy shaped glass. And we found that the only product that was better in the Riedel glass was vodka. So we taste vodka in a different glass at the competition, but every other spirit is tasted in this.
1: Interesting. So I guess for anybody that is listening to Auto Only, um, go and Google neat glass, and you can see exactly what he's talking about. It's kind of got these uh, these these wide curved edges a little bit. So well, it's it's shaped, uh,
0: it's shaped like a uh, a pot still.
1: Yeah, that too. You can, yeah. you, can, you can you can pick him out, right? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> we got we got one last question to to kind of do this before we wrap it up. You know, when people are going through and they're judging, what are some of those palate cleansers that they're they're using to maybe go back and forth between, um, you know, different whiskey side by side, or to go and retaste it again a second or a third time?
0: Uh, we've always got uh, sliced baguettes. On the table, we've always got <laughs> kind of Munster cheese, you know, the kind that comes in that big block, mm-hmm. and they, and they volunteers cut it up into little squares. And there, there's that. Uh, what else? Oh, uh, one of our judges uh, kind of talked us into having Graver olives on the on the table, and, and that works. Uh, If we're tasting tannic wines, uh, you know, like uh, big Cabernets and so on, we have slices of roast beef. (laughs) In spirits, we don't do that.
1: Sorry, I like roast beef. Not a big fan of olives, but, you know, I can I can I can always (laughs) give it a try. (laughs) <laughs> so you know anthony i want to say thank you again for for coming on the show today you know it was uh it was a pleasure to really as i said earlier kind of get the transparency of what we're seeing through the spirits competition really uh, dispelling some myths giving a better overview of what goes into all this as well because i think some people just don't they, they, they either don't take it at face value or they do take it at face value and they don't know really know what it means. And so this was a, a, a great part of just educating people about, you know, more about the competition uh, and understanding, you know, how medals are awarded and and at the end of the day, what can people do with those medals? So it was, it was great to do that. Um, you know, if you've got anything to kind of wrap up about how people can learn more about the the competition, you know, which, what's the website, everything like that.
0: Okay, great. If they want to uh Kind of look at the, the the winners from last year. They're they listed on there, and uh, it's uh, SF Spirits Comp. Awesome. S i r i t s c o m b dot com, and uh, it's all there. It's uh, there are profiles of every judge. There are the list of winners from last year, probably from the year before and the year before that. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty comprehensive. I mean, we're always working on it. We're always trying to improve it, but right now it's uh, it's pretty user friendly and it's it's pretty thorough.
1: Good deal. Well, Anthony, thank you so much. Uh, make sure you go and you check out the website. Uh, the competition will be happening, as he said, in April. Um, so make sure you're, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that it doesn't really matter. Once the, the bourbon winner of the spirits award is announced that everybody's going to find out about it and it's all gonna be cleared off the shelves. It's just usually what happens. So. <laughs> yes, so make sure you go and you pay attention to that. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at bourbon pursuit. If you like what you hear, make sure you support the show. Patreon.com P A T R E O N.com slash bourbon pursuit. If you want all new episodes beamed straight to your inbox, go to bourbonpursuit.com. You know, check out San Francisco Spirits, then also check out Bourbon Pursuit. Sign up for the email list so you can get those beamed straight to your inbox. We always like hearing from our fans. Uh, if you've got any more show suggestions exactly what this one was, uh, people you want to hear from, make sure you send us an email. It's the duo, T-H-E-D-U-O at bourbonpursuit.com. And with that, we will see everybody next week.